and everyone who kind of comes across their path in life, whether they actually have physical children or not, um, women in general just tend to nurture and embrace and, and love others. So happy Mother's Day. Who hasn't read this book? Because I have a few. Vicky. Vicky. Happy Mother's Day, Vicky. It's a really good book. It's okay not to be okay. Love that title. What? Ooh, she can move her fingers. That's brilliant. <laughs> Praise God. It's a really good book. God's totally okay with us not being okay. Who else hasn't read this book? Grace, have you read it? Oh, okay, cool. Crystal, have you read it? Oh, well, you can have that. Happy Mother's Day. Who else hasn't read it? Have you read it? Happy Mother's Day. All right. Well, there's two more out the front that you can have because it's Mother's Day. Just grab it on the way out. <laughs> it's good to give things away and be generous, isn't it? We love to be generous. Now, men, prepare yourselves. Prepare yourselves because today is all about the ladies, yeah? It's all about the ladies. Totally prepare yourself. My message, it's all about the ladies. This afternoon, it's all about the ladies. Everything is about the ladies, yes? So I'm, I'm sharing a word for the ladies, but it's really just as effective in your life as well if you receive it. So have an open heart because I'm sure God will speak to you just as much as he will to all the beautiful women in this place. So I am convinced that women are more powerful, more amazing, more incredible, more up there than Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel and all the rest of it. Women are extraordinary. We are um, relentless in our love of people. We are superhuman in our ability to give and to give and to give and to just keep on giving even when nothing comes back to us. We never give up. We might get knocked down, but we always get back up, yeah? And we're faced with lots of challenges, lots of challenges, generally on a daily basis. But you know what? We still allow our hearts to stay sweet, and that's a beautiful thing. So I really want to honour you this morning for taking on such a great task of being a mother because it's such a joy, you know, it's such an incredible journey, but it's also a challenging journey it can sometimes be a heartbreaking journey. It can sometimes be the most joyful journey you ever experience. Motherhood kind of encompasses everything, yeah? So we really do want to celebrate you and honour you this morning that you just give of your lives to the generations that are coming up, that you love well, that you give well, that you stretch yourself continually for all those around you, yeah? So there's lots of different seasons in life, isn't there? Who knows that? Who's experienced a few different seasons? Yeah? There's, sorry? Nearly an empty nester. Oh, I'm not looking forward to that part. I have to admit I'm kind of facing it with trepidation. I thought oh, I'm going to cry and cry and cry and continue to cry. So I'm feeling your heart, Christine. <laughs> There are. There's so many different seasons, isn't there? And the thing is with seasons, though, they actually do change. We experience so many different seasons in our life. 
But often when we're in tough seasons, we actually feel like they're never going to change. We feel like sometimes we can feel like we're stuck in a place and it's never going to look any different. Sometimes we feel like we're just stuck and we just can't even imagine the season that we're in changing. I know um, when my boys were little and I was exhausted and sleep deprived and I hadn't slept for years, it was really hard to imagine feeling refreshed. It was really hard to imagine what it would be like to have a full night's sleep. It was hard to imagine anything being different from what I was experiencing in that season. And I remember my mum would often come over once or twice a week and um, I would just hand her the baby and go to bed. <laughs> I don't think we had many conversations for quite a few years because whenever I saw, or saw her, all I would do was hand over the baby or hand over the babies and go to bed and sleep. So it was a beautiful gift. I love that I was able to do that and that she didn't require too much conversation from me in that season. But today, my boys are 11 and 12. And it's like, wow, where did that go? That went really fast. My Samuel started high school this year. I think I was more nervous than he was. He was like, I've got this, mum. It's all, look at him. He's so gorgeous. He's got Frankie. <laughs> He's like, I've got this, mum. It's all sorted. I was very nervous. I was praying all day. I was asking God to help him find friends and intercede and give him peace. And he was just like, look at him. Isn't he beautiful? He's so beautiful. <laughs> so it was hard. So it's gone very quickly. And Nathan started grade six. So I almost have two children in high school. But when they were little, it was hard to imagine that season being different. And I remember when I met my beautiful husband, my knight in shining armor, my superhero, Pastor Andrew, um, which was 19 years ago now. So it's been a while. He actually had three daughters at the time, Faith, Brooke and Sarah, and they were four, six and seven. And I was 26 years old and I had, didn't have my own children yet. I had never spent time with babies. I had never spent time with children. I had absolutely no idea in the world what I was doing and I suddenly became a mother to three girls that was a tough season. That was a really tough season. I think any kind of blending of families and step-parents and stepchildren, it's challenging, even when people are really amicable. Just doing family itself is challenging, isn't it? Let alone introducing all new members to your family. And sometimes it's not amicable because people have just been really hurt and wounded. So that can be, you know a tough situation to navigate. Who's seen the movie Blended? Has anyone seen the movie Blended with Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore? It's really funny. You should watch it. Anyway, they're both single parents. So he has three girls who he dresses like boys because he works in a sports store and he cuts their hair like boys. And people think they're boys. I can relate to that because my mother did that to me. As a child, and I would walk into stores and people would say, what would you like, lad? So, so he was a bit of a dad like that. His wife passed away and um, he's a beautiful dad, but he just doesn't know how to be girly with his girls. So, and she has two boys who are kind of crazy and energetic and um, her ex-husband is, you know, not the most supportive person in the world, I guess. 
So they both accidentally end up on this holiday. Um, she thinks she's going on a holiday with her two children and he thinks he's going on a holiday with his three girls. So they both turn up at this destination booked into the same holiday, the same um, apartment, the same hotel suite. So they now need to share this experience. Anyway, at the start, it looks really tough. They don't like each other. It turns out they had actually been on a blind date a number of months before that. So when they actually saw each other at the hotel, they were devastated. They were not happy people at all. So at the start, no one really likes each other. But as the movie continues, you know, he starts connecting with her kids and she starts connecting with his girls, makes them actually look like girls, which is really lovely. And, um, you know, and then they fall in love. It's really beautiful. So, um, so it has a really happy ending. But you know what? Life is not like that. <laughs> Life is just not, all, not necessarily such smooth sailing and it doesn't all necessarily come together in a very short amount of time. It's a great movie but it's not particularly realistic. So I remember um, when the girls were young, I would walk into my, well, I would run, normally crying, into my walk-in wardrobe and sit on the floor and hide. I'd hide from the girls. I would just get away from them or to not to stay sane. And, um, and I would cry and I would cry and then I would cry out to God and then I would cry out to God some more. That was some really, um, some really tough seasons in my life. I remember Faith hated me for years, which is quite hilarious because now we just love each other so much. But in that season when she was hating me, it was very hard to imagine her not hating me. I remember we went to some kind of Mother's Day event and we had the girls, so they came with me. And it was the most uncomfortable experience of my life because I was sitting there feeling so hated and people were saying all these beautiful things about their mothers and I thought, oh, it's not what they think about me. <laughs> so, but seasons change. They're 26, 25 and 22 now. And Brooke's getting married this year. She's assured us we're going to be grandparents next year. She's very clucky, apparently. I'm really excited about being a grandma. Um, but Andrew is not happy about being a grandfather. I think there's some insecurity over ageing over there. <laughs> but I'm kind of excited about, you know, having all the lovely experiences with the baby but actually getting to give it back. So, um... So there's different seasons, isn't there? There's a lot of different seasons. And, and I guess if you're going through a tough season and if you're going through a challenging season, my heart really does go out to you because I know what it's like to walk through places of pain as well. But when I was preparing this word and I've kind of been sitting with it and sitting with it all week, I felt like God said there's also some seasons that he wants to break through. There's some seasons that we've been sitting in for a while and probably some seasons that um, we may feel like we've been sitting in for a little bit too long. But God gave me a real word that, you know what, he's breaking through. There's a fresh season coming and there's a new season coming and there's going to be a God-ordained and anointed breakthrough and God's opening up new doors, yeah? So be encouraged. It feels like, sometimes it feels like we're stuck and it's never going to change. But you know what, God is the God of breakthrough and he can shift things just like that. Amen. So I've been through lots of different seasons. I had my single season before I met my husband. 
So I had 26 years of singleness, which was lovely. I spent a lot of that time waiting for Mr. Wright to come along. Isn't that funny? We always kind of want what we don't have. So I was dreaming about Mr. Wright, waiting for Mr. Wright. You know, I'm very romantic, like super, super romantic. If there's a movie, I want to watch a romantic movie. Um, I probably have huge expectations on my husband when it comes to things like birthdays and Mother's Day and, you know, all that kind of thing because I want to be romanced. I want to be swept off my feet. I want to be radically loved on. That's just kind of who I was. Well, who I am. Um, And then there's kind of the season of marriage, which can be a season or it can last a lifetime. So... We went through our honeymoon stage. I don't know if anybody else went through their honeymoon stage. Chris and Crystal are in a permanent honeymoon stage, which I just love. It's so beautiful. You really inspire me (laughs) because mine lasted for about six months. (laughs) No, let's be real. Let's be real. Mine lasted for about six months. (laughs) And then I think I wished I was single again. Then I worried if I wasn't sure if I married the right person or not. But then, then we just, I don't know, we just worked on it and sewed into it and it's such a journey and now I'm like, my husband's such a beautiful man. He's such an incredible man and I just love who he is and I love his heart. But it's a season that we're kind of always sewing into and working on and building into and I don't know, I don't think you ever get to a place where you've arrived except John and Judy. They've arrived. They're just like perfection, aren't they? It's beautiful. They love her. How, how many years have you been married for? 60 years. Wow. That's amazing. And they still love to hold hands and they're just absolutely so beautiful in the way that they love each other and look after each other. So you really inspire me. Thank you for being just a beautiful example, in, you know, in this house, in this family. I love you guys. So then I had a pregnant stage. Has anyone had a pregnant stage? Men, don't put your hands up. <laughs> Which I was kind of super excited about because I had had a couple of miscarriages. So I was really excited about um, my miracle Samuel and him coming along and... Um, I did put on 27 kilos during my pregnancy, which was some very healthy eating habits. And, um, and I imagined having a baby and having a child and raising children was going to be absolutely magical. I didn't think that labour was going to be painful. I thought that my baby would sleep all night. Um, you can see I'm very positive, <laughs> very positive, but probably denial a little bit, a bit of denial, a bit of wearing rose-coloured glasses, but I do tend to be a little bit like that. But I think that's a good thing. I think that's God's perspective. God's perspective is life-giving. Yeah, God's perspective is always the absolute best. So then I had babies when my son was born. It was extraordinary. I don't think I'd ever seen anyone so beautiful in my whole entire life and I just gazed upon his face I thought this is the most amazing moment of my life and then 14 months later I gazed upon Nathan and when I was into my third year of no sleep the gazing got a little bit harder (laughs) just a little bit harder I was finding it a little bit more difficult in that place of exhaustion to um 
to find as much beauty, yeah? I think I found that the greatest challenge about having small children because they're so beautiful. They're so innocent and perfect and angelic and I used to just put my kids to bed and then stay in their room and gaze on their faces. I thought they were just so beautiful. I just wanted to stare at them and stare at them and stare at them and never forget how they looked or this experience that I was having. But then you're also completely exhausted sometimes too. So it's like, I want to enjoy this moment, but then I nearly want to almost want to speed up this season a little bit too, so that I'm not so tired. It's a real kind of, yes, one of those things. So then my kids started school. There's lots of different seasons, isn't there? They started school. Samuel loved it. He was like, you don't need to walk me in, Mum. I've got this sorted. The next year, Nathan started school. I cried for three days. He cried for three weeks. He still cries sometimes. He's in grade six. Please don't make me go to school, Mum. This is kind of a regular weekly occurrence in our home. Sometimes a couple of times a week. I'm so sick, Mum. I'm so sick. My head, my tummy, my whole body, it hurts. I can't go to school. I think Nathan's had more sick days than anyone else at Bunnigill Primary School. So, but we really are doing our best to make um, school a positive experience for him, yeah? There's so many different seasons. You know, Christine shared before, empty nest, you know, um, and then grandparents. We're going to be grandparents next year, probably, so Brooke tells us. So seasons continually change. Some are kind of filled with joy and some are hard. Some are tough. Some are heartbreaking. Some feel like they're relentless. Some are the most incredible seasons of our lives and we probably wish we could stay in that season forever. Um yeah, and some, some are really painful. So most of you know that I went through a really painful season and I'm probably still going through a bit of that painful season. You know, my dad passed away in March and, um, and I'm really thankful that we had 25 years extra with him that we weren't sure if we would get because he did have cancer at 45 and then he had cancer again at 70. So I'm really thankful that he got to... Um, see me get married and have grandchildren and that I got to spend a lot more time I guess with him as an adult and get to know him better but it was tough too you know most of you know that he was in Brisbane and um and I'm here so and when he got sick my heart was that I could really just spend as much time with him as I possibly could I really felt like God said just love him radically just love him and love him and love him so that was kind of my mission and that was so easy to do because he was such a lovable man anyway. Um, but it was tough. You know, I would be in Brisbane and my kids would ring me every night. Nathan would ring me crying, asking me to come home and wishing I was there with him. And so here I was trying to care for my dad but then also trying to make sure my family was okay as well. So it was challenging but gosh, there were some amazing moments. So I remember often as I would just kind of be there with my dad and he would um, walk past me and I would be sitting down and he would just kiss me on the head. And like that was precious because I don't know if my dad had ever really done that my whole life. He wasn't like super affectionate. He wasn't super verbal with how he felt. You know, when you told him you loved him, he'd go, me too. I don't know if he actually ever said the words, I love you. 
Um, so when he would walk past me and kiss me on the head and then he'd kiss my brother on the head and um, Nathan came up to visit once and he, it was just beautiful to just experience that with him. It was a really, really beautiful thing. So I'm really thankful for that. Um, and I got to know Dad a bit better. I just recognised all the beautiful qualities in him that sometimes we don't always recognise of our parents when we're younger and just seeing how caring and gentle and kind he was was a really beautiful experience. And probably when we prayed together for him to receive Jesus into his heart, that would have been my super favourite moment, just watching him have such an incredible God encounter and seeing God just ministering to him and him just being, it's like he was already kind of in the heavenlies. The moment he had with the Lord was such a beautiful thing. So, um, so I'm really thankful for that. But now the season's changed and, um, and he's gone and I have to learn to, I'm trying to learn how to live without him but that's a different season too. You know, I'm trying to support my family through a grieving process. So seasons change, yeah? Seasons change all the time. And you know what? There is only one thing that is unchanging. There is only one thing that is, that is never going to change, a season that is not going to um, change, and that's the love of God, yeah? There is only one thing that is for certain, that is going to be guaranteed every single time, in every single circumstance, in every single emotion we're feeling and journey we're walking through is the love of God because he promises to meet us with love. He promises to meet us with love every single time, in every single moment, in every single season. What a guarantee is that? What an incredible guarantee is that? Because people might love you, then people might hate you, your kids might think you're amazing, then your kids might think you're the worst parent in the world. People's feelings and emotions for us can change. But you know what? The love of God never changes God's love for us never changes. His ability to want to lavish love on us is unchanging. I love that. I'm going to read one of my favourite scriptures. I'm sure I've shared it lots of times, but you just have to listen again because I love it and it's God's truth and it's such a powerful thing. Um, can I have my water, please, Andrew? In Romans 8, 35 to 39, it says, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing, we should say that again, I am convinced that nothing, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death or life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a pretty cool guarantee of love, isn't it? That's a pretty amazing guarantee of love. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of happy about having that guarantee of love in my life. 
because I need a whole lot of love all the time. I need to get filled up with a whole lot of love all the time. I need to meet with love continually, day after day, moment after moment. So a guarantee like that actually transforms my world. That transforms my life. And you know what, ladies, because of that love, we're a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, we are. Because of that love, you are a force to be reckoned with. Because of that love, you cannot be defeated. Yeah, cannot be defeated. Because of that love, we may get knocked down. You may get knocked down, but you know what? There is no way that you're staying down, yeah? Because of that love. Because of that love, no matter how others treat us or what others do to us, we get to choose love every single time. And you know what? We carry not just our own stuff, but we actually support our whole entire family network. We... um. We impart the Father's love all the time, non-stop, continually, even when we don't receive it. And you know, we uphold our husbands, our wives, our partners, our brothers, our sisters, our mothers, our fathers. We are this amazing support network to our whole sphere of influence because we are continually met by love. And you know what? We know where our sustenance comes from. I know where my sustenance comes from. I have no um, delusions about that. I know that there is one place that I'm going to get filled up. There is one place where I'm going to get unconditional love 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I know where my strength comes from. It's not in the natural. It's in the supernatural. Yeah? And we know where to go when we're tired, when we're hurting, when we feel rejected, when we're broken on the inside, we know where to go because we make it a practice of our lives to run to God and allow ourselves to be met by his love, to be met by his love. So how does that look? How do we, how do we meet with love all the time? How do we meet with love every single day? Because I don't know about you, but I need to get filled up with the love of God every single day. I need to get filled up and filled up and filled up. I'm sure you're just like me, but there's stuff that I face every single day. There's responsibilities I have. There's challenges that come my way. There's great people in my world. Sometimes there's people that are really doing it tough, and I want to have enough love for all of them. But you know what? If I'm going to do that, I need to fill up on love over and over and over and over again. I can't get enough love, yeah? I just need the love of God more and more and more. So how do we do that? How do we actually live in that place? Because it's a great thing to talk about and it's a great thing to say, but we actually want to live that. We want to be encountering that and living in that place on a daily basis. So, um, so my advice would be, Close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. And I want you to remember a time when you last felt the most connected to God. Time when you felt really close to him. When you were having just a beautiful, intimate moment with him. Where you felt like he was so close and his love was just so profound and you're kind of having this moment and you're so overwhelmed by God and how much he loves you 
and how incredible his love is. And then I want you to think, what were you doing? What were you doing? What was happening in that moment? And then I would say, you know what? Go do it again. Yeah? Go do it again. The way that you connect with God, the way that your heart connects with God, go do that over and over and over again. You know, for me, it's worship. I just love to kick everyone out of my house. Such a good mother, I know. <laughs> love it whenever it goes out. I'm like, woohoo! <laughs> and I just love to put on worship music and just crank it up and worship my heart out and just connect with God and feel his love and feel his presence and, and hear him just speaking to me, you know. For me, worship is how my heart connects with God's heart. I read heaps. Like I'm always reading my Bible. I'm always taking in words of life. I love reading books. I'm normally always recommending books because I just love reading. But worship is my thing. And, um, you know, when my dad passed away, I actually came home from Brisbane and I couldn't worship. I actually couldn't worship. And so I just put on worship music, but I couldn't sing. I lost my voice. I just, just didn't feel like I actually had it in me. So... But I just kept putting that worship music on and I just kept putting that worship music on, just trusting that even though I didn't feel it, that God was still meeting me with his love in that moment. And you know what? I kept doing that and I kept doing that. And you know what? I found my voice again. My voice came back. I started to sing again. I started to worship again because, you know, God was meeting me with love in every single moment that I did that. I didn't always feel that when I was in a really wounded and broken place, but God was still meeting me because he's always present. Yeah, we know that. He never goes anywhere, never leaves us, never forsakes us. We read that scripture before, like nothing can remove his love. Nothing can diminish his love. Nothing can change his love. Even if we've ended up in the messiest, worst looking, broken, falling apart, made some shocking life choices you know God's love it never changes so he's always with us sometimes we just forget to tune into the God station yeah you know like what's that what are these God stations yeah I don't listen to them because I always have CD worship CDs on in my car but you know what God's always present he's always speaking he's always talking to us he's always wanting to lavish love upon us but sometimes we just get busy. Sometimes we just get distracted. There's pressures, isn't there? As, as women, there's so many responsibilities in our life. There's so many things that we carry. There's so many people that are dependent upon us. And sometimes life just gets crazy busy and we kind of, you know, the station gets a bit distorted or, you know, we've gone on to another station and we lost the God station and we didn't even realise it. So, you know, we just need to tune back in a little bit. There's no condemnation, yeah? Sometimes I've lost the God station. Sometimes I've got a little bit distracted. Sometimes I've got a little bit busy. And you know what? There's no condemnation from God either. 
because he is just crying out. His heart is crying out for your heart. His heart is crying out to love on you. His heart is crying out to just lavish so much love upon you because God just wants to meet you with his love over and over and over again. And ladies, I really believe that we have a great sensitivity to hear the voice of God and to encounter the love of God, yeah? As women, we are Holy Spirit tuned in. You know, I don't know, um, we're sensitive, aren't we? Most women anyway. (laughs) Most of us are sensitive, we're nurturing, we're comforting, we really care about how other people feel, we're tuned into people's emotions, Sounds a little bit like the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? You know, the Bible says that we're created in the image of God. So these qualities that we actually possess are qualities given to us by God from the heart of God when he created us. So we are created to hear his voice and to encounter his love. A friend of mine who's a pastor in Geelong actually says, if you want to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say, you should ask your wife. (laughs) I highly agree. (laughs) Although, Pastor Andrew, you do hear the Holy Spirit beautifully. You all do, men, but it's just about the women today. So, Um, it's okay. It's Mother's Day. It's all about the ladies. Samuel said to me this morning, he goes, you know, tomorrow, Mum, it's Kids Day. After he gave me my gift, which was a beautiful gift. Um, And I think, you know, Samuel's such a gorgeous boy. He actually came up with the idea for the gift, which was lovely. But after he gave him, Andrew gave me the gift... Nathan was playing Fortnite. Just, you know, the love, the appreciation is just awesome. So he goes, you know, it's kids' day tomorrow, Mum. I said, Samuel, you know, it's kids' day every day, yeah? It's always kids' day. It's always about the kids, you know? Don't you agree, Mums? Yes. All right. So where are we at? Yes, we are very Holy Spirit sensitive. So you know what? There's a great call upon our lives. There is a great call of God upon your lives, a great destiny for you to fulfill. Um, But we can only do that if we're tuned into God's station and we're encountering his love. You know, your story isn't just about your story, yeah? Your story isn't just about your faith, but it's actually about the faith of your children and it's about the faith of your children's children And it's about the faith of all of those that God has placed in your sphere of influence. They don't have to be natural children that you've birthed. You know, my son Nathan, he's beautiful. He's so energetic and full of life. And um, he makes life so fun and spontaneous and creative. And, um, you know, sometimes he goes to people's houses and he breaks things. And, you know, that can be a really stressful thing as a parent. But you know what? Ali Morgan is so gorgeous because she has just embraced him and she's embraced all his life. So, you know, she's, she's being a spiritual parent to him as well. Yeah, It's not just about our own children but about all of those that God places in our lives. So... <clears throat> yeah, it's about a part, imparting a legacy... It's about imparting a legacy. And you know what? The greatest gift we're ever going to be able to give anyone in our sphere of influence, our children, our children's children, the children next door, the children that um, your kids go to school with, 
You know, my son had two best friends in primary school and they came to church with us and came to kids' church a number of times. We gave them Bibles. You know, the greatest legacy we can give people is a foundation in God because, you know, like we just read before, seasons change circumstances change life changes but if they have a foundation of God if they have a foundation of a relationship with God where they're meeting with him hearing his voice encountering his love that's going to set them up for the rest of their life because the greatest foundation we are ever going to have is Jesus Christ the greatest love we're ever going to experience is the love of God yeah yeah you know what, my grandma suffered depression and my mum suffers depression. She's really depressed at the moment. And my brother suffers depression. But you know what, God's doing a new work in our family, yeah? The Bible says that we're new creations in Christ Jesus. So that means you're a brand new person. You are a brand new creation. That means no matter what legacy was passed on to you, if it was a great one, praise God. If it was full of faith, fantastic. But even if you didn't receive that, you're now imparting a legacy of faith to all of those around you. <clears throat> yeah? My dad got saved at 70. Yeah? I prayed for my dad for a whole lot of years. He got saved at 70, you know, because God's doing a new thing in our family. And my parents, they're beautiful. They did the absolute best they could. And I so honour them for that. They gave everything they knew how to give. They loved as well as they knew how to love. But you know what? Some of the legacy from my family is depression and anxiety um, there's gambling addictions, there's unfaithfulness in relationships, there's alcoholism. That, they're some of the legacies that have been passed on to me. But you know what? And I see it in my dad's side of the family, in my mum's side of the family, these legacies that are prevailing. But you know what? God's doing a new thing. Yeah, God's doing a brand new thing and God is creating a brand new legacy. What was passed on to us, if it's God-filled, grab it and build upon that and go from glory to glory. But if it's not, set up a new legacy. Set up a new legacy for your family and for your family's family. You know, God's creating people that are loved, that are whole, that are healed, that are accepted, people that are walking in their God-given destiny. Because God's plan is always to prosper us, yeah? Always to prosper us. I love um, a Stephen Furtick testimony that I was listening to recently because he said in his generational line, his dad got saved, but I believe his dad got saved later in his life. So he didn't have a legacy of faith growing up, which is extraordinary because the man of God that he is today is phenomenal and he started that legacy for his family, yeah? So that the heights, you know, God can do abundantly more than we can hope, dream and imagine is an absolute truth. But in his family, his, his great-grandfather, his great-great-grandfather, his grandfather, his father was all alcoholism. Everyone was alcoholics. Everybody battled with that. And he said he's the first member in his family line to not drink. You know, so that's extraordinary. He broke something. God broke something that, that, that was killing their family, that was damaging, that was wounding their family lines for generations after generations. But you know what? God creates new legacies in us. God creates new legacies in our children. 
Amen. Second Timothy, verse 1, 5 to 7. I love this. It says, As I think of your strong faith that was passed down through your family line, it began with your grandmother, Lois. Woohoo, go ladies, who passed it on to your dear mother, Eunice. It's clear that you two are following in the footsteps of their godly example, yeah? I love this scripture because these women imparted life-changing faith to the generations after them, yeah? They imparted faith to their son. They imparted faith to their grandson, you know? And Timothy chose to walk in that same faith. Do you know why? Because he actually saw it. He saw it in his mum. He saw it in his grandmother, yeah? He saw them loving God. He saw them connecting with God. He saw them pressing into God when the going got tough, yeah? He saw, their living, he saw them living a lifestyle where God was a part of everything. He saw their hearts yielded to Abba, yeah? He saw where they found their strength from. He saw where they got their sustenance from. He saw what kept them going. He saw them in their secret places and in their quiet places where they just spent time with God. He saw a living faith. That's why he grabbed hold of it. That's why he, he, um, his life was transformed by it because he saw it in his mother and his grandmother. Yeah? He saw where they found their hope and who they relied upon. You know, so as daughters of God... We are empowered, yeah? We are empowered. We are unshakable. I just declare that in Jesus' name. And we are not only called to meet with God's love for us, but for so many others. We were handmade by God. Did you know that? That's kind of pretty extraordinary. You were handmade by God, fashioned by his hand, fashioned in love, with love. I always come back to that story, you know, my whole life. I was dreaming of my knight in shining armour, you know, my whole life as a child, as a teenager, as a young person in my 20s. I was waiting to get swept off my feet. I was waiting to be radically loved. I was waiting for that perfect man, you know, with all those perfect qualities to be everything. But you know what? We're created by God in love, for love. That's why I dreamt about all that stuff. That's why I was having these romantic dreams because God created me to be totally loved by him, to be wholly loved by him, to be radically loved by him because God's love is radical. God's love is unstoppable. God's love is unconditional and we're created and made for that. Yeah? And he's the foundation we build our lives upon. He is what sustains us, yeah? He is the one who strengthens us, encourages us and keeps us going. Not perfect circumstances, not the right seasons, yeah? Or not everything going according to plan in life. He's our everything. But you know what? You're his everything too. In him we are met by love every single time. In him there's abundance. In him we flourish. Even in the driest seasons and the toughest conditions, we can radically flourish. 
when my dad was unwell, I had so many incredible encounters with the love of God and him just downloading and speaking to me. God did financial miracles. He did salvation miracles. God did so many miracles. We can thrive even when all the conditions around us look desert-like. We can still thrive when we allow ourselves to be met by his love over and over and over again. Amen. So ladies, I just want to remind you how loved you are. And men, you're totally loved too. But today, share the love with all the ladies. You are adored. You are cherished. Papa God is so proud of you. He's so delighted in you. He rejoices over you. He's a happy dad. He's so pleased with his daughters today, yeah? He's so delighted that you impart his qualities and that you impart his love and that you are his hands and feet extended in this world. God is rejoicing over you today and singing over you and going, that's my girl. That's my girl, yeah? Sometimes we forget how proud he is. Sometimes we forget how much he delights in us and rejoices just in us. Because you know what? The favourite thing, my favourite thing to do with my kids is just to be with them. My favourite thing to do with my kids is to just spend time with them, to spend quality time with them, to, you know, to have really genuine conversation and, and to be able to remind them how much I love them. God's the same doesn't require anything. He just wants to connect with our hearts and meet us with love continually. Amen? Amen. Why don't we close in prayer before everybody goes to love on all the women they know. God gave me names of two women this morning to love on. So I just went to the IGA and bought some flowers. And um, God's told me two women to go bless this afternoon before I head to Melbourne for lunch. So ask God. You know, ask God for a name of someone that you can love on. Ask God for a name of someone that needs a little bit of extra love today, yeah? Because you know what? We all need a bit of extra love, probably all the time, yeah? (laughs) So we just thank you, God. We thank you that you are our Heavenly Father, our beautiful Abba, and we rejoice over you, God. We thank you that you are a Father who loves his children and who delights in his children and that you are a dad that is celebrating your daughters today, God. I thank you that you guide us, that you direct us, that you lead us, Lord, that there's not one single step that we need to take that you're not a part of. I thank you that you continually speak and download and provide wisdom. I thank you that when we feel broken and hurting, that you are the great healer of our hearts. I thank you that in every moment and in every season, you are everything that we need, Lord, and so much more. So we honour you today as our beautiful father. We honour every mother in the place. May you just continually continue to meet them with love and lavish your love and pour an abundance of love all over them. Fill their hearts to overflowing today. May they feel so loved and appreciated and valued. And Holy Spirit, help us to just stay tuned into your station, that we're always listening for a word, that we're always positioning ourselves to press in and to draw near because you are our life-giving Father. You are the love of our lives. You are our knight in shining armour. You are our everything, God, and you cause all our other relationships to flourish. So we adore you. We praise you. We give you glory. It's so good to be your children, to be your sons and your daughters. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Ladies' Day. Happy Women's Day. Have a great day.